0: Good Defenders and welcome to another episode of Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth. And we are hitting you almost live from the heart of Screenland today, Culver City, California, from the kitchen of Casa de la Nina. That's right, a beautiful wooden table that we've got several computers and a couple of microphones. In fact, today, we've got three microphones all hooked up. But I'll let that person introduce themselves in just a second. You know my voice. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert, the mouth of the South Bay. And, of course, sitting now to my right on the other side of this beautiful wooden table with his computer with all sorts of stickers and that microphone right next to his head and the Hello Kitty plush doll right next to his computer. You know him as the beast from the East Coast, Christian Philly Philemon.
1: Merci mon ami, the greatest shop. E. That would be French for scarf. <laughs> wow. French for scarf. thought I, we were going
0: to reenact Beauty and the Beast for a second there. Be our guest.
1: Be our guest. Put wow. LAFC to the test. Oh, Vancouver it is to be did. told, I, I am your loud and bold lover of all things black and gold. Sometimes rude and often crude, I'm lucky my wife thinks I'm a lovable dude. I drink out of a shoe and I make myself silly. You all know me as the guy they call Philly. Now, Scarfy, we, as you said earlier, we
0: are- wait, wait. I want to do something you always do. Hold on. Oh, oh, hold on. It'll be... I never get to do that. That was like the first time. And by the way, wait, full disclosure, that I went from trying to do something really cool to totally outing myself. All right, I- I'm going to be honest. It is a Bon and Viv pear elderflower zero sugar hard seltzer cider thing that I'm okay. Hold That's on. That's something we, Bilbo wait, Baggins would drink wait, wait, at the wait, wait. Shire. Okay, here's it's it's weird because you, and I, normally, you, you and I don't normally you and I don't normally record across from each other, but the look of disdain that our guest in the third chair just gave me tonight. I, I need Philly, if you don't mind, I'm going to introduce our guest here.
1: But before you do that, before yes. you do that, I'll see your and raise you up.
0: All right and that's yours is yours is actually an LAFC sponsor that's an Angel City Brewery L-A because I don't blonde. drink
1: beer that's made at the Shire and consumed by hobbits Listen,
0: that beer was brought You've to us You've been drinking wine coolers all night <laughs> All night, thank you Yeah, but, I, but, but, all night. but okay, this lemon mango. white claw has no flaws This that. lemon white claw, which is just marginally better than my Bon and Viv Pear elderflower Look, the voice <laughs> in the third chair, we are happy to have him The creative consultant and art director for Defenders of the Bank And one of our most special guests that we have here This is Dexter Quinn, everybody
2: How's it going, Black and Gold family? Unfortunately, I don't have a nickname yet, but uh, it's good to be back. It's almost 100 episodes between now and my first appearance with the uh, Defenders of the Bank. Yeah, Dude, I mean,
1: it's been such a huge help having you. I mean, we definitely welcome you. And for those of you who don't know you, episode 26 is the way to go. Nearly 100 episodes uh, ago. If you haven't heard that pod, I highly recommend it. We had such a blast hanging out with you at that amazing bar that had all those Nintendo games. Uh,
0: <laughs> That's uh, hurtful for Dex, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's, for especially me. They,
2: they stole my N sixty four from oh. the bar. So
1: hashtag yeah. save Dex's N
2: sixty four. God, golden eye. Wounded posters everywhere.
0: All right. Well, look, we have quite the match to talk about. Our episode today, it's, episode one twenty four. Do, do we? There's a whole yeah, well, half. We
1: didn't. We didn't catch. Look, Here's
0: we heard. Half. We heard there was a good match today in the first half. Episode one twenty four. We are calling it two steps forward. One step back. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, and another unfortunate bad result for LAFC. We'll get into the recap in just a little bit. You know we like to bring you this day in LAFC history, some news and notes after our beginning banter. And yes, we will get into the recap, along with a little scheduling with the scarf at the end. Our goal for this episode is to keep it under an hour, so we'll see how we do. We've got Dexter across from us. I've got Philly with Hello Kitty, some sake, a lemon White Claw, and an Angel City Blonde. And a so, Lacroix, and a uh, passion, passion fruit, fruit Lacroix. Wow. So I'll see your elderflower with passion fruit. This, it's going to be an episode. Hobbitses. It's going to be an episode, guys. Even so your let's... sodas
2: have a hint of fruit flavoring.
0: Oh my goodness! Let's get right into this Below day. Low caloric intake in LAFC history, and we have already gone off the rails. Love it. Of course, we are recording this game on Wednesday, the fourteenth, at oh about ten oh three p.m. Right after the match against Vancouver in Portland. But more on why that's happening a little bit later. On the fourteenth of last year, two thousand nineteen, Carlos Vela named. Oh, remember Carlos Vela when he used to play for Black and Gold? Yeah, he was
1: good. He was really really good. Yeah, I miss him.
0: Well, for the third time in two thousand nineteen, Carlos Vela was named two thousand nineteen EA Sports MLS Player of the Month this time for September 2019. And we also found out on that date that four LAFC players were named finalists for 2019 MLS Awards. Carlos Vela for MVP, Walker Zimmerman, I remember Walker Zimmerman, for Defender of the Year, Mark Anthony Kay for Comeback Player of the Year, and Bob for Coach of the Year on the fifteenth of October two thousand eighteen, Carlos Vela, Danilo Silva, Walker Zimmerman, oh Danilo Silva, Walker Zimmerman, and Adama Diamande were named to the twenty eighteen <laughs> MLS Week thirty three Team of the Week, and Bob Bradley was also named a coach. So we had five spots on the Team of the Week in twenty eighteen October fifteenth. On October sixteenth, MLS names. Carlos Vela, their 2018 MLS Player of the Week for Week 33. So that would be, by the way, two straight times in a row that he was named to the Week 33 Team of the Week in consecutive seasons. And on the 17th, Philly, our final day that we will cover on this day in LAFC history. On the 17th in 2018, we were at LAFC HQ to join Steven Betashore for the release of oh, MLS's yeah. first ever Farsi Player T-shirt and also on the 17th in 1979, a former Vancouver whitecap himself but the executive vice president and GM and now co-president, I believe. And
1: co-president along with Larry Friedman. That's
0: right, of LAFC, John Thorrington. A happy birthday to John Thorrington on the 17th of October. If you wonder why we're able to sign great players like Jesus David Murillo and keep players like Edward Atuesta and Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela and Eddie Segura and Latif Blessing and all the other talent that we have, it is in large part do to Will Koontz and our birthday boy John Thorrington who also by the way capped for the U.S. men's national team four times so happy birthday to John Thorrington Philly that ends this day in LAFC history some news and notes and I'm gonna start with the biggest one clearly as we said on Instagram Philly it's officially official LAFC has finally signed Mark Segbers we, hey, you got it right this time. Why don't you tell did, everybody what you were calling I, him prior to that? Apparently I've been mispronouncing his name as Hegbers, and I apologize to Mark. I know you're a big fan of the podcast. We appreciate you he, listening. He, he will be
1: now that you could say his name right. But,
0: I, I mean, this was the, we we saw the domestic mail on LAFC's <laughs> Instagram. So this was the signing we were waiting for. Segbers is a versatile defender, most comfortably a wing back. LAFC <laughs> got a long look at him. I told you I was snarky today. LAFC got a long look at him in 2018 as a member of OCSC, whom LAFC was once affiliated with all the way back then. Hegbers came up with the Revolution organization, guys, scoring a goal in an Open Cup match in 2018. He also appeared in the final MLS match of 2018 for the Revolutions. He subbed in in the second half, un unfortunately philly and i know you're broken up about this he never got to play in the house that tom brady built gillette stadium for the revolution segbers will likely and hopefully take any minutes that would have gone to andy nahar for the rest of the season we hope and that's enough andy nahar bashing for one bit no not no, yet no, no. Are we, we're gonna
1: create a twitter no. handle for
2: him I'm oh na- be hold on whose idea was this yours thank I you think it's scarf brilliant. i did not sit yeah. here for th- what four hours yes. of coming up with good and in hard jokes (laughs) (laughs) for us to glaze over that man's performance.
0: I like it. I like it. Well, we'll get to that in just a second. But Philly, the idea on Twitter, we know that there's a Twitter called Did LAFC Win Today? We know there's a Twitter called Did Carson Lose? But Philly, why don't you share with the millions... And millions. And millions. And millions. I like we got three millions of this. That's a fun episode. We're ever so expanding. (laughs) Right? Why don't you share with my idea... For a new Twitter handle for the LAFC Black and Gold So we're going to
1: call the Twitter handle Andy Nahar's Hamstring. And every single day, we're going to ask the question, is Andy Nahar hurt? And for the most part, we're all going to respond with?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: And that's pretty much the Twitter feed and the Twitter page. So that's what it's going to be. Be on the lookout for Andy Nahar's
0: Hamstring. Coming to you on Twitter very soon. Goodness. So Philly, you gave a look to me, though, when I said, as we said on Instagram, it's officially official. The big signing finally announced Mark Segber's was there another signing that I missed? What happened?
1: Oh, you Jelly Bean Club, Elder Flower drinking podcast host of friend of mine. <laughs> I, I told you I wouldn't bring up the Jelly Bean. Thing, you definitely you,
0: said before, Is there no more Jelly Bean. It's opposite, Dan. What can I So we
1: <laughs> finally signed the Defender that it's it hasn't been a secret. It's been obvious. We, we have photographs of him at the Performance Center holding up a jersey. Bob Bradley has spoken about him at the last press conference. Heck, if you go to his Instagram, you know he's staying at a hotel. In Pasadena. Jesus David Murillo, the 26 year old Colombian defender, a whopping 6 foot 160 pounds from Cali, Colombia, is coming <laughs> to Cali now. LAFC acquired him on loan throughout the 2020 MLS regular season and we have the option to exercise a permanent transfer from Colombian side Deportivo Independiente Medellin, the same place that Edward Atuesta came from. As per LAFC.com, he's going to occupy an international roster spot pending receipt of his international transfer certificate and P1 visa and will be added to the club's roster upon completion of any mandatory quarantine period, this stupid pandemic, under local government. And MLS health and safety protocols. His two goals of the year came in the group stages of the 2020 Copa Libertadores, scoring in the two to one loss against Libertad on March the third, a two nil win over Caracas on September thirtieth. Look, I've seen his, his 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 highlight reels. This guy looks good, and obviously, we've been missing missing a presence in the back line ever since Walker Zimmerman took off to Nashville, and he's basically cementing himself in club lore as a club legend. This kid is definitely going to make a difference for us in the time that we have him. Hopefully, we get to sign him. He's 26, and there's a tremendous amount of potential that he has. I mean, during his time, what, he started 98 matches for Independiente? Like, he, he, he's a player. Oddly enough, he, he he was a co-captain, and he even got more minutes and featured more than Edward Atuesta. And you see how far Edward has progressed. This kid is going to be good. He already knows Segura. He already knows Edward Atoesta. We'll get this quarantine crap behind us, get him a kitten on the pitch, and hopefully we can plug in some of those holes that are in the back line, Scarf.
0: Yeah, look, Philly, I said this on One More Sleep, and and Max Bredos actually shared this on, uh, what was it, WhatsApp or something like that. We were talking, the kid's twenty six. He's not one of these 18, 19, 20-year-old prospects that we're bringing in that we hope develops into something like Diego Rossi, or maybe that we're still waiting a little bit on in Brian Rodriguez, or never does, like Andre Horta. But True. either way... But still guy, not
1: the most worthless LAFC signing there is.
0: Oh, Andy Nahar. Um, how's, it, how's his hamstring? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. so Injured,
0: yes. what I'm really looking forward to, first of all, he's 26, and like you mentioned, started almost 100 caps for Independiente Medellin, which is fantastic. The other thing is... We've got a triangle right now in the midfield and back line. Edward Atuesta, center mid, Eddie Segura, Jesus David Murillo, and the center backs. We've got three Colombians that have all had a chance to play with each other and will have plenty of chances over the next several seasons on the national team there for Colombia. Cannot wait for what we're going to see from Jesus David Murillo. This is that center back, and unfortunately for Dayan, and unfortunately for Danilo Silva, even though he's retired. What about Eddie
1: Nahar? Who? Exactly. So,
0: uh, unfortunately <laughs> for those team. guys, it, it's <laughs> yes. going gonna, <it's> gonna to cost <laughs> some minutes for Dayon. And, and look, I appreciate Dayon, but he's 35, right? And there have been some issues on the back line this season, namely on set pieces, and we may talk about those again today. But... I am looking forward to this kid, Jesus David Mario. Hell yeah. Big minutes from the rest of the way, and you can find out about all the matches that he's going to play in if you listen to the end of this episode with Scheduling the Scarf.
1: Ooh, it's back. Now, before we start to get into the meat and potatoes of the pod, there are a couple of shout-outs I just wanted to quickly give Scarf. Yes. I'm wearing this really dope LAFC—I'm no, sorry. I'm wearing this really dope Defenders of the Bank kit, all right? We got this from our partners, AB Teamwear. They created the Jersey Force. They do an amazing job creating jerseys for pro sports teams, including Defenders of the Bank and the Angel City Chicks. AB Teamwear is your source for great-looking custom products made with durable fabrics at an affordable price. This is a new company, Defenders. They opened their doors in 2019 in Ventura, California, created out of a necessity because getting a custom kit is expensive. They believe that they, they basically, their slogan is, uh, we're bringing your dreams into reality. Whatever your dream kit concept is, they will work with you and help design that. Give them a follow on Instagram. Follow them. They're they're doing good things. I'm really happy with this kit. The Angel City Chicks, you're going to see them sporting their, their kits. They're pretty dope. You're going to see Scarf sporting his kit. So give AB Teamwear a look. Uh, shout out to everybody over at AB Teamware. So that's the first shout out I wanted to make Second, you've heard us talking about this You've seen me post it on a number of occasions Athletes in the making They're still doing their virtual 5K So you're saying there's still hope for me? There's still hope for you. You put down thirty dollars. You better, better, like run for some hope. I did brother. that.
0: I'm gonna do my first 5K because of athletes in the making. Very exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure you're I can see you just oozing with enthusiasm.
0: No, those are jelly beans.
1: <laughs> well, you're part of the, you're the president of the fan club. Anyways, this 5K run is for a cost. Thirty bucks. You run at your own pace. It's open all ages. Help athletes in the making raise funds to continue to fulfill their mission of giving kids free sports education and equipment if you register now between now rather and october 31st you're going to get a medal all right if you show that medal to Dino's Main Street, and you follow them, they're going to give you free fries. If you go to Gallegetsa, all right, you show a picture with you and your medal, you're going to get two for one Micheladas. That's a fantastic day, and everybody that signs up will automatically be entered into a raffle for a chance to win a hundred dollar gift card just in time for the holiday season. All right, and you also get a pin. Feel free to make that post on your social on your social media, your Instagrams, your Twitters, your Facebooks, whatever virtual 5k it's going to be on our bio for the duration of the month it's going to be on athletes in the makings yeah so go give them a follow dexter you had a question oh yes i
2: just want to make sure can anybody sign up for this
1: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages anybody can do it 30 bucks you get a medal you you could get free fries you might be able to get two for one micheladas you get the shot at a hundred dollar gift certificates You, you get a free pin Good, good stuff, all right? Help, athletes in the making. They're a great not-for-profit. They haven't had many ability to raise funds, okay? Philly, this is quick question for
0: it. you. Sorry to interrupt once again. As a training regimen to maybe get back on the pitch, could Andy Nahar sign up for a 5K to get his hamstring back in shape?
1: Andy Nahar would probably injure his other hamstring tying his shoeless. Okay, gotcha. All right, so that's the story there. And there's one last shout-out we want to give. And Scarf, I'm going to leave this one over to you because you were there. Our buddy Solomon... Egg bread, breakfast sandwiches. What is up with that? All right,
0: let's talk for a quick second because if you know Scarf, he likes his breakfast. And usually during uh, match days, it's provided by Cuervo's or it's provided by Relentless or any of the other fantastic. SGs that we get to hang out with on Christmas Tree Lane. But when I'm not mooching off of the generosity of all of our wonderful SGs before game day, let me tell you about this place that we went to. It's near the City of Industry, La Habra area. And look, I don't live anywhere near City of Industry or La Habra. I'm, I'm near Manhattan Beach. I'm in Lawndale, right next to like Inglewood and Hawthorne and all those cool cities. And And it was... An incredible breakfast here at Egg Bread. You can follow them on Instagram at egg b r e d o c. That's e g g b r e d o c. We had we split a breakfast sandwich, but it wasn't just any breakfast sandwich. It was like a southern chicken fried gravy mm. breakfast. It was obviously low calorie and very healthy. It was incredible breakfast sandwich. Also, because we're near L A., we had to have avocado toast. So we had the avocado toast there. And let me tell you about their blood orange juice. Blood Orange Juice at Eggbread OC. I'm not saying that I was upset that I ran out so quickly. I'm saying that I was upset that by the time I wanted to order my second glass of Blood Orange Juice, the line out the door because it was their grand opening was so long that I said, you know what, I'm just going to have to come back again. So listen up, Defenders of the Bank, listeners out there the millions and millions you Ooh, all like eat choice. breakfast you have to get out to our buddy solomon's place egg bread oc it's E G G B R E D O C, and it's also by the way super cute and instagram friendly they got all kinds of cool stuff on the walls if you want to take some pictures and take your significant other out there for some wonderful breakfast please hit up egg bread oc it is absolutely a fantastic breakfast spot
1: and if you're looking for a 10 percent discount Mention Eggman 913 at the counter, and you'll get 10% off of your first order.
0: I feel like this is the most reads... We've ever done on an episode.
1: Well, we didn't have a well, first half to watch. Thank you to the uh, the power outage that occurred at Estrella and YouTube TV. We, so we got not fill time somehow.
0: We didn't. That's true. I do want to mention these are all
1: good things we're shouting out, Scar.
0: These are all good things we're shouting out. There's one other thing that I want to make sure we shout out: LaFC on international duty hit the main stage as on Tuesday it was a black and gold clash on the international scene with Raíto and Rossi of Uruguay taking on Sifu and Chiki of Ecuador. Ecuador prevailed four two. But honestly, not much of an impact by any of the four LAFC players. Sifu was not named to the 18. Cheeky picked up a yellow card. Diego Rossi didn't play, but he was at least named to the 18 and eligible for selection. Brian Rodriguez subbed off after the first half. So that's the extent of any LAFC impact that happened in that match. But a 4-2 win for Ecuador over Uruguay, unfortunately, neither of the two teams looking very good in their World Cup qualifying bids right now, which is a surprise. Uruguay very highly rated and Ecuador not far behind. So just wanted to mention that some LAFC players on international duty and Philly I said duty.
1: You did say duty. And I try to refrain from making a a childish smirk and a laugh, but since you put me on the spot, (laughs) duty.
0: There you go. All right, so Philly, even though we couldn't watch both halves on television, the apparent news today is that LAFC did play a two-half soccer match against the Vancouver Whitecaps. So they say. Philly, let's talk about the previous history between these two teams. Oh, I don't know, 21 days ago, LAFC, as Philly would like to say, Put the, I believe he calls it shebang bang, <laughs> on Vancouver. <laughs> bang bang. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Yet. I We're don't. Nobody knows. But it's 124 episodes in. Philly, it was a six nothing smackdown. Take it out behind the woodshed. It was two goals by the OG Bradley Wright Phillips and two goals by way of an OG own goals for Vancouver Whitecaps, including the son-in-law of Bob Bradley, who for the second match in a row scored for his father-in-law, not for the team he was playing for. Uh, Unfortunately, we wouldn't see... Andy Rose or an own goal by Andy Rose in this match because he picked up too many yellow cards. He was a bad boy. Uh, but, but
1: you gotta imagine though the relationship between Bob and Andy has to be pretty significant. I mean
0: that's something to talk about during
1: the holidays for years to come. I wouldn't hold back on any of the jokes if I were Bob. And pass me the f- own goal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, the Whitecaps didn't feel their best lineup in that previous match. Okay? So that shouldn't be a, a shock that we had somewhat of a tougher contest. I wondered going into this if Mark Dos Santos was trying to Play a little bit of mental chess with us. Lull us into this false sense of confidence, only to put the ba, ba, ba with the ba upon us today.
0: Philly, we started a 16 year old and Danny Masovsky on the front line today. I don't think he was planning on this match with us having, what, seven or eight guys that we would normally play out or no longer on the roster. I think that he was trying to bunker down. We watched that entire match and we definitely didn't see it. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. We did not watch that entire match.
0: No, the last match, the 6 0 match, my friend, the one that you just brought up. We did watch that entire match. Yes, we watched that home. What I'm trying to do is create a. scene that leads us from one match to the other that last match the six nothing loss he bunkered from minute one and when lafc put one not two not three but four in the back of the net in the first 20 minutes or so 14. he continued to bunker more i didn't understand a single thing that mark dos santos was doing there but look as we'll talk about later he started six players in that match that did not make the starting lineup this match But the important thing is we went in with a little bit of confidence, even though our lineup was down, Philly. The run of form, both teams coming off a win. We saw Vancouver somehow eke out that 2-1 comeback victory, two goals after the 70th minute against Real Salt Lake, and us with a two-match winning streak. I mean, Philly, what was the title of our last episode?
1: Finally, dot, 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 dot. We're going streaking. We
0: even added an extra dot.
1: Well, so I, I think you like I put three dots. in the title, and we mentioned four, so I had to correct myself somehow.
0: All right. All right. Well, the English teacher in me wants to let you know that an ellipsis only has three dots in it, but that's it,
1: okay. It, it doesn't matter in Philly's world.
0: Right, that's, you know what? That Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> so both teams kind of riding a high with Vancouver with a win, with LAFC with two wins, but Philly – what we're not writing too high about, unfortunately, is our injury report. We, we know the first two names on there because they've been on there for quite some time. Yeah, there's three that have been on there for
1: a while. Well, <laughs> see,
0: who's who's that third one, Philly?
1: No, you know what? Don't ask me. Ask Dexter. He hasn't had much time to talk today. That's
0: true. We talk too much.
2: Uh, Yes. Uh, who, who who is that's that, his name now who, yes. right
0: yes who is that player that is oft injured um, yes yeah there you go yeah. Andy Nahar and of course Mark Anthony Kaye with a grade two ankle sprain they were all nebulously put out there on the Kaiser Permanente injury report as not medically cleared by the way which is still my favorite designation because I think even at my current health height and weight I would not be medically cleared to take the pitch for the black and gold they're on their fourth keeper
1: so vancouver
0: has lost maxime crapaud and thomas asal for the remainder of the season they started brian meredith until wasn't even the backup he wasn't They, they started brian meredith until they saw brian meredith play and they said oh god we have to find another team that has a canadian goalkeeper that we can trade and get because there's these weird things right now where they had to orchestrate the trade with montreal because of mls being mls so they got evan bush And since they got him in Bushy, they've been okay. They've been okay. So no Maxime Cropot, no Thomas Assault, no Christian Gutierrez on defense out for injury. Philly, let's talk about all the international duty between these two teams and players who we're not going to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of international duty that's been going on throughout the course of the league. I mean, we highlighted it on multiple pods at this point. We had four players out on international duty. We don't need to really talk about that. But I'll mention the names in case you haven't been paying attention. Rossi, Raito, gone with Uruguay. Cheeky and Sifu, gone for Ecuador. And that puts us at a massive disadvantage. Although although we didn't have that great of a game, although there was an LAFC loss, I will say there were wins. Wins in the sense that there will be new segments featured a year, from the, a year, a year down the road on this day in LAFC history. There were a lot of firsts. And there actually was some excitement that came from the bench. So even though we lost, our bench won, as far as I'm concerned. So that's that's a story. But we're talking about international duty. Yeah,
2: he's going to keep milking that word. You know that, Which right? Word? You gave him a gift.
1: I did. Duty. It's duty. like the Pee Wee Herman God, this, playhouse, like uh, word of the day, where somebody mentions the word, dude, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's he stole
0: my
1: bike. It's kind of like one of those This is things. our most you sophomoric episode
0: we've done in a while. My dude, it, We had nothing to do in day. the first we, half. We had nothing, exactly. We had nothing to do in the first you half. Stared at a blinked That's screen. We, we did. We took Horrifying. a picture and posted it on Instagram. Philly also out on international detail. Would be uh, Yeser Kamiri for I see Tunisia. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had to zig when you zag there. So he's out for Vancouver. Also, unfortunately, we talked about this a second ago yellow card accumulation for Andy Rose. So, Philly, why don't you tell us who was in the lineup? Because it was a fun starting lineup, some history made for LAFC and the Black and Gold. Indeed, we had Pablo Sisniega between the pipes. Welcome back, Mohamed el
1: No longer on the milk carton. There is a Mohamed el sighting. He definitely deserved it. He played such a fantastic role in that Seattle Sounders match. We had anticipated seeing him in the starting lineup. Rounding out the back line, De- Dejan Jakovic, Eddie Segura, Jordan Harvey, who, of course, played an absolutely fantastic game against Seattle. Our midfield, welcome back, Latif Blessing, finally playing in a position that you belong in. Edward Atuesta wearing the captain's armband and Pancho Janella. And our forward situation, we had Danny the Moose, who unfortunately didn't get loose and kick Vancouver in the caboose today, started. Bradley
0: Wright Phillips and... Christian Torres. We got an academy kid in the starting lineup for the first time. It's pretty it's, sick. He is quick. 16 years old, super quick, still learning how to use his body, still looking to find the right moments, but you're not going to learn in any other better situation than on the job training, right? So trial by fire. How, how many other 16-year-olds can say that they're starting for a professional sports team in Los Angeles while they're still in their like junior year of high school? Just so incredible. So proud. Again, to be a fan, supporter, and lover of all things black and gold. This kid, Christian Torres, became the youngest starter in Major League Soccer this season. Uh, I mean, how awesome is that?
1: It's pretty fantastic. And again, a big shout out to the academy, to Todd Saldana over. He's the academy director. We had these three guys, three of our academy players on the bench and we had two of them see action today. This is really exciting stuff. We obviously are building something sustainable for the future. We're not doing that old school mentality, retirement league, bring in the dude on his way out situation. I think we're creating something sustainable and these kids, these kids are going to be our future. Eric Duenas had some awesome touches today. He he really did and we're going to talk about that more later, but You know, rounding out, I just want to mention everybody else who was on the the bench for LAFC. Kenneth Vermeer, obviously no surprise there. Mohamed Traore, no longer on the injury list. Bryce Duke, who saw some action. Alejandro Guido, unfortunately still the ghost because he hasn't seen any action. We had Eric Duanez. Quadwo, Mahala Opoku. What a breath of fresh air he is. Adrian Perez and Tony Leone rounding out the bench scarf.
0: Yeah, let's go to Vancouver. They run a 4-4-2. So that's four defenders and four midfielders, and when they go up a goal, then it's like five defenders and three midfielders. They started out with Evan Bush at keeper. Again, their fourth choice at keeper on the season looks to be the right choice for the rest of the year. On defense, it's Jacob Nerwinski, Ranko Veselinovic, Eric Godoy, and a player who I was actually looking forward to seeing the last time we played against them when we lost... And a player who I was actually looking forward to seeing the last time we played against them in our 6-0 victory, Ali Adnan, who is an incredible wing defender, capped over 100 times all the way up through the Iraqi national team system. And I was really happy to see him play. I know I'm not supposed to like, like guys on the other team or, or root for them to do well or anything, but Ali Adnan, he's a fun guy to watch. In the midfield, they got Dahomey, Christian Dahomey. He is fun to watch out there and he was all kinds of a problem again today. Yanni Obakel, Leonard Owusu, Russell Tybert, who we didn't get to see last time and in the starting lineup, Freddie Montero as well as Lucas Cavallini. Six different starters like I had mentioned before in this match than in the 6 nothing loss. A new keeper, Ali Adnan, Russell Tybert, Freddie Montero in the starting lineup. Just lots of changes that Mark Dos Santos made and he had 21 days to lick his wounds from the 6 nothing loss. He did a pretty good job, Philly, of patching up that tough... Sh- uh, fuck! He did a pretty good job, Philly, of patching up the holes in that defense that led in six goals the last time we saw them.
1: Well, he did that by putting in players that we didn't see in the last match. I mean, look, we, we had a couple of messages throughout the course of the match on our social media indicating how do we go from beating a team like Seattle to, to losing to a team that we whooped 6 nothing. And the simple answer to that is it wasn't the same team. Scarf and I were fortunate enough to have been at the bank that day, and we had our anticipated starting lineup projections for Vancouver. People like an Ali Adnan. They didn't play. And when your A squad doesn't play, you can't expect results. We scored six goals on basically what was their B and their C squad, and we saw flashes. Of their a team, and what I mean by that is when they would they put in Freddie montero with with minutes to go in, in that last matchup, so is it a surprise that the score wasn't the same? Not at all. I figured it would be a much more tightly contested match and until the bench came in in the second half, which we're going to get to very shortly because the first half we didn't have much to talk about, it wasn't as an exci- it wasn't as exciting as a match but Let's get into the actual match itself. And before we talk about how things kicked off, quick shout out to Tori Penso, the first female ref to officiate an MLS game in 20 years. Pretty, pretty cool. I know at some point we were all a little irritated as to the way the match was being called. Uh, in some cases, we, we thought she might have forgot her whistle. The best way I can state it is that she let the boys play. And for the first time ever on Defenders of the Bank, I will say, thank God for VAR.
0: Yeah, normally we don't get the uh, benefit of VAR very often. We'll get to that in a little bit. In the fifth minute, somehow, Philly, Freddie Montero missed a wide open net. (laughs) The cross from Niewinski was perfect. Freddie Montero got all of it, but apparently just didn't get his foot around enough as he missed well wide, we should have been down one the, nothing. The
1: soccer gods were in our favor.
0: Yeah, we should have been down one nothing after five minutes, and Bradley Wright Phillips should have had a yellow card after six minutes or eight. Oh, excuse me, it was in the eighth minute. That was a hard, hard tackle, and I nowhere... wasn't angry for
1: at Tori Pencil for not calling that. No, he, I mean, he deserved look, to see yellow,
0: like you said. She let everybody play today, but we're talking eight minutes in, and we should be down a goal and a yellow. And it wasn't until about twelve minutes until LAFC got their first real chance. Mohamed Elmanir to Bradley Wright Phillips to Christian Torres into the side netting a good effort there and and, you know not a lot of notes until the 18th minute and and actually you know I'm going to do something that we don't normally do here on Defenders of the Bank Philly you and I like to talk an awful lot I am going to give Dexter the chance to analyze everything that happened after the 18th minute in the first half Dexter take it away
2: here we go And then halftime kicked in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, thank you to our our good friends at YouTube TV. Dexter, that was perfect analysis. Hard-hitting analysis by (laughs) Dexter Here's the thing. We invited Dexter over to watch the game with us, to be on the podcast, and 18 minutes in, the soccer gods go, eh, maybe Dexter has to come over another time. Well, it was blank, and then we
2: got to hear Max kind of try to... Come up with something to say, keep us entertained. Cause, yeah, because they couldn't even see the match, and the rest of us scrambled to find a, a broadcast on our phones, on our laptops, whatever it took. To watch the game, <laughs> so uh, a little bootleg out of Canada. Uh, it still, it just wasn't the same.
0: Yeah, Sports Center spelled C E N T R E can show you all the highlights there of the first half. Yeah, Dave
2: and- Denholm said it was a
1: frustrating first half. We're gonna have to take his word for it because I don't have a freaking sure, clue what the hell sure. happened. Why not? Yeah,
0: big shout out to L A F C highlights who definitely did not illegally stream the first half on Instagram that we watched. We don't Thank condone you. that kind of behavior. No, we would never use bank. that to try and hopefully get some sort of a semblance of idea of what happened in the first half. Thank you, LAFC highlights. But that being said, look, here's what happened. Lucas Cavallini apparently scored in the 30th minute from Dahomey and Montero. So we're down one nothing there in the 30th. Truth be told, and look, this is probably a little too much of a share on my part, I'm reporting on the match, and I haven't seen that goal. I didn't go back and watch the highlights of it because I was a little frustrated at the end of the match. And 33rd minute is when we turned on Dave Denholm for ESPN 710. Dave Denholm, the radio voice of LAFC on 710 AM ESPN Los Angeles Radio, and a really good dude. We've had the pleasure of talking with Dave several times, and, and I don't know that there's a guy who is, is nicer or more well-liked by the LA sports community than Dave Denholm. Jordan Harvey took a really nice shot over the crossbar in the 39th minute. I actually saw that, again, not on LAFC highlights as a legal Instagram feed, but thank you so much for that. And I want to. It's not illegal
1: unless you get caught, Scarf.
0: There you go. I, I want to quote Dave Denholm. You said it. He said it was a frustrating half for the black and gold. And what he meant was not just the team on the pitch, but anybody trying to watch the match throughout Los Angeles. And of course, that leads us, Philly, to the end of the first half. And I'm gonna go ahead and ask you a couple questions, Philly. Ready? Go okay. for it. Did we score a goal? Negative. Did we have a shot on goal? Mm, you mean a shot or a shot on target? Shot on goal. Shot on target. Negative. Thank you so much. Can you score without registering a shot on target? Negative. All right, Philly, take it away with stats.
1: Shots eight to four, Vancouver on target two to two to zero. I- 2-0, unbelievable. It's like that Orlando playoff game, Vancouver. Possession, literally split down the middle at 50%. Passing accuracy, I'm kind of shocked that we were listed at 83% and they had 79%. It looked like a sloppy high school junior varsity game. And the pitch itself, that rug at Providence Park, players are slipping. If you didn't catch wind of that, players are slipping. It didn't seem like the turf was... Very, I don't know, we'll call it credible. Chances created, Vancouver did two, we did nothing. Corners, they got two. Fouls, we were even. And you said it. You can't put the ball in the back of the net if you don't have a shot on target. They had eight shots. We had four. They had two on target. We had nothing. 50% of the time that they had a shot on target, they scored. Cavallini gut-punched us. We didn't get to see it until it was posted on Twitter. And as far as I'm concerned, like going into the end of the first half, it's kind of like that analogy I gave on the IG Live. If you didn't see it, did it really happen? I didn't feel the sting of it. I really didn't. Neither did you. Neither did you. None of us felt the sting of it because it was unreal that for a professional football match, okay, a team that they were just advertising as having been... Broadcasted in 12 different countries all across the world. In particular, this match tonight. To have basically the entire second half of the first half go out. Sad, sad state of affairs. I mean, it was let's frustrating.
0: Hope, let's hope they weren't using the YouTube TV broadcast, by the way, because both Australia TV and YouTube TV were out, and those are from the same feed. So, if Coming were, from the same building in Burbank. Right. Yeah, so if they're trying to get out to all those different countries that they were talking about before the match, yeesh. Look, I'm upset anytime LAFC goes down. I'm upset anytime we're losing, and I'm upset when it's a guy like Lucas Cavallini who we were able to bottle up the first time we saw them. I mean, they had maybe one or two solid chances throughout the entire course of the night. The last time we played, I really do think the difference is Freddie Montero. Look, we lost this game 2-1, and we'll get to the second half in just a second. But both goals assisted by Freddie Montero and Christian Dahomey, that's a combination that we really didn't get to see in full effect last match. So it's one of those things where you see where they generate their offense. It's Christian Dahomey, it's Freddie Montero, and it's Lucas Cavallini, and, and, and on occasion they'll have Ali Adnan come up and create a little bit of havoc, but they don't have any other strikers. There was no other moments of brilliance out there that didn't involve any of those three players. I mean, Nerwitzki brings some nice crosses in the box on occasion.
1: but He's also their second-leading scorer, Scarf.
0: Yeah, but this is a pretty one-sided offensive team, and I was just so frustrated that even with the patchwork lineup, it's not like our defense was really hurting all that much. So. I would have liked to have seen a lot more from the back line there on LAFC and just frustrating how we can lose somebody again on the back post.
1: Yeah, I mean, our first half was, was rough. Our, our second half, though, for the first half of the second half, not that much better. We started the second half. Fortunately, we got to see it this time. We were keeping our fingers crossed that we didn't have to illegally stream it.
0: Yeah, Philly, and as we kick off the second half, a guy who we thought was probably in the doghouse for LAFC for a little bit, Adrian Perez, checks into the match for the first time for Christian Torres. So the 16-year-old's night is over after a solid half of play. And Eddie Segura running a pick play there in the middle of the pitch there at midfield. He picks up an early yellow in the 50th minute, and and you got to go after the ball. You can't just stand over a guy and truck him like that. And in the 59th minutes, Lucas Cavallini with the brace, his second of the match off of a cross from Freddie Montero. And honestly, I thought LAFC kind of gave up on the play a little bit earlier. They wanted a foul on Eddie Segura. But that referee, she was letting both sides play. And Dexter, I believe it was you that said you can't make a bad call if you don't make any call.
2: And like you said, she was just trying to keep it even. I mean, and she can't be criticized if she's not making bad calls. But as we'll find out later, she did miss a call and we had to go to VAR.
0: Yeah, which was nice. We do appreciate VAR. One of the few times we can be positive about VAR. I just thought... Watching her, especially in the second half of the match, it seemed like she was trying to let the advantage play on every occasion. And I'm a firm believer that unless the advantage is moving the ball forward, not laterally, not backward, but forward, that's when you gain your advantage. And it seemed like there were just too many times where she held her whistle until a little bit too late or didn't even blow it at all because she was allowing an advantage that played laterally or played behind. And I just thought that was a real problem. So again, the second goal of the match for Cavallini and the second assisted by both Montero and Dahomey 71st minute though Philly Dexter this is where the game turned
1: without a doubt for LAFC absolutely
0: 71st minute we bring in Mahala for BWP BWP really didn't do much in this match they had him bottled up very well and he's a guy that gets on the end of passes now he's not a guy that usually creates his own opportunities much anymore so this really wasn't the match for him unfortunately for BWP and Eric Duaneus. now look this kid is listed on the website at 114 pounds, but if you hand him a phone book, he's going to fall over. Uh, I really thought that Eric Duaneus would get bodied all around the pitch. And who does he come in for? Our biggest defender out there on the pitch, Dayon Jakovic. I thought, oh, man, talk about a baptism by fire. And yes, there was that one play. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Actually, I don't even have it in my notes because I was, I was chuckling a little bit. He got trucked pretty good. <laughs> and, and you saw all 114 pounds of Eric Duaneus go flying. But I will say this. And I was really happy with his first touch. I mean, it was just one minute after he came in, a good touch by Duaneus with a cross that was just short of the man on the other end of it. But a couple minutes later, I mean, he just goes flying. And I felt bad for him. We got to get that kid a cheeseburger.
1: At 114 pounds... God, I can't even remember the last time I weighed 114 pounds. But you know what? At 15 years old, in 362 days, in a couple of days, three to be exact, he is going to turn 16. We had one of the youngest MLS starters come in with Christian Torres. The
0: we, youngest he, this year.
1: Yes, we yes. had Eric Duenez come in. And you said it. After the 70th minute, after Elmo had a shot that was wide left. Again, I, I love Elmo. Elmo is not afraid to take a shot. He's not afraid to be aggressive. We had the young guys come in. And, you know, at that point you're watching this match, it was rather dull. We were on the losing end. It was 2-0. You figured, why the heck not? But, you know, the young kids really made a difference. You had Bryce Duke come in for Poncho in the 78th minute, and all of a sudden, with 12 minutes left to go, the game starts rolling, all right? Bryce Duke making things happen. How did he make things happen? He ended up getting... A, uh, he ended up having a ball that, that was caught, thankfully, VAR because Torrey Penso wasn't paying attention. We we got it. Handball, clear handball. Thankfully, they called it. And Edward Atuesta steps up to the 11-meter line, staring Evan Bush right in the face. What Edward Atuesta did after that, I couldn't tell you what the heck he did, but I could tell you that Evan Bush left his line, okay? And as a result of that, yellow card, and fortunately, we were able to repeat that, okay? Him coming off the line was as obvious as Scarf walking into LAFC HQ and buying himself, well, surprise, surprise, a scarf. So now we get a redo, and Edward Atuesta gets his first goal of the season. And all of a sudden, we have a match now. We've got an exciting game. We've mentioned this on previous pods. The one, some of the worst scores to have in a match is being up 2 nothing. Why? Because one goal happens, and all of a sudden, it's a game. And I really, really thought watching this match and watching the young kids come out to play that we would come out with a draw. And it almost happened on a couple of occasions. But sadly, that wasn't the case.
0: Philly, I'm on transfermarket.com, and I want to share with you guys a stat. I'm looking at the top 10 youngest used players in the history of Major League Soccer, and we all know about Freddie Adu, who, by the way, yeah, he still plays. He's he signed a contract today with a Swedish third division team after being out of professional soccer for a couple of years. Freddie Adu, the face of Major League Soccer in 2004, when he signed his deal at oh my god, 14 years, 10 months, and one day old. He was 14 years old when he signed. The second youngest player, Philly, to ever feature in a Major League Soccer match would be a guy who is currently starring for Bayern Munich on the back line, Alfonso Alfonso. Davies. And those, Philly, until tonight, are the only two players under the age of 16, according to TransferMarket.com, to ever feature in an MLS match. Turns out the third youngest player to ever feature in an MLS match at any time would be Eric Duenas, which pushes, by the way, Christian Torres down to the sixth youngest player to ever <laughs> wow. feature in an MLS match. So we've got you know, we've got some young guys on this team, but they're not just young. They're like all time young. Eric Duenas is now the third youngest player ever to feature in an MLS match, which pushes Christian Torres, who played the entire first half, down to sixth. I mean, look, cutting class their age. Yeah, it's (laughs) you. You did say you were like in a bar when you were fifteen on Instagram today. I
1: lived in Germany. I mean, I was able to do things like that.
0: Yeah, just, I, I'm, again, you mentioned it. Todd Saldana, everybody else at the LAFC Academy. So much to and, be proud of, Scar. And, and props Absolutely. to Tony Leone. This, I believe, and I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but I think this is the first MLS match. It might have happened once in the bubble, but I think this is the first MLS match where all three Academy players were eligible for selection. They were all in the 18, which is actually a 19 today instead of a 20, but whatever. That's fine. Either way, we have three Academy players eligible for selection, two that saw the pitch, one that needs a cheeseburger, and and still had a great game today. We all need a cheeseburger. In Eric Duenas. I would love a cheeseburger. That would be fantastic. Right. I mean, look, th- there's not much to talk about as
1: far as this match is concerned. 85th minute, we had some great passing. Mahala tried to take a shot. He got blocked. A minute later, he had a great drive. Okay? Passes to Adrian Perez, who had an amazing backheel pass. Trying to connect with Danny Musovski. Unfortunately, Danny, he was, was just too far away. The match ends 2-1. to one. And I will tell you this, as frustrating as it could be for a lot of us, I don't feel as disappointed. Why? Because we got to see a lot of firsts in today's matchup. You mentioned the statistics about the young kids getting the play. Had, had they had an extra 5 to 10 minutes okay, of playing time, they got 5 minutes extra of injury time. If there was an extra 5 to 10 minutes of playing, I really feel that we could have walked out of this game with a draw. It didn't become a game until the young kids got in there. I don't know what it was, but it was exciting. And they almost pulled it off. To me, we may have lost on the score sheet, okay? But I feel like our bench won, okay? They developed a little bit of respectability. These kids got some playing time. And if anything, we should know that we don't really fall that far down the standings. Our our, our playoff position isn't, hasn't been completely besmirched. And we had some young kids come in and get some burn that essentially could be the future. Todd Seldanya the Academy, fantastic job. That's going to be the positive bit that I walk out with. We don't have the majority of our roster, and we're going to get it back. we got several more important matches to go. We have some great signings to patch up those holes in the back line. I don't want to say that this is a throwaway match. Every match is a must-win, but I'm not really worried about it. And normally I'm a negative Nelly when it comes to like these losses. I'm feeling okay. Well, I'm actually
2: e- optimistic. It was easy because you missed the first half.
1: Well, <laughs> you, one, it goes back to that whether half the, the tree pain. fell in the forest and you didn't hear it. Like, did, did it make any noise? We didn't see the first <laughs> go live, so it didn't happen. So we actually drew. There you, there you go.
0: All right, so I don't know what you did with Philly, but bring him back for the next episode, please, because I thought you'd be full of vim and vigor and upset yeah, about God, it. Was weird. I was excited
1: for Christian Torres. I was excited for Eric Dwyaneus. Look, I was excited to see what Mahala did. Bryce Duke actually proved that he was a little more effective in the midfield than Poncho was. Poncho was kind of MIA today, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's Vancouver's strength, right? They bunker in. They they make you funnel everything to the outside. They they really try to clog up space. Vancouver did. What Mark Dos Santos did to us the first time we played, then when we lost one nothing, and that was the match. And correct me if I'm wrong, Philly, where we started players like Shaft Brewer Jr. and Nico Hamalainen and Peter Lee Vassell. Peter Lee Vassell, absolutely.
1: The episode was called BS at BC Place. How can right. I forget? No, I
0: remember that. And <laughs> and I felt like that was almost a a more entertaining rerun of that match, especially the second half because I saw it. And, and you know, it's one of those things where. I am I am. Bummed. I Look, I hate to lose. I don't care. I don't care if it's a preseason friendly. I don't care if it's a meaningless international friendly. I don't care if it's MLS playoffs to Seattle Sounders last year. I hate to lose no matter what the stakes are. I, I was a little frustrated. I do want to give a shout-out, by the way, to Eric Duaneus, who also received a yellow card without touching a player. That was a new one. He <laughs> now becomes the third youngest player to receive a yellow card. I looked it up. Freddie Adu had like four yellow cards before he turned 15 or something. His first pin. You've got
1: all kinds of this day in LAFC banter for next year because of this game. Do no, so you know I, what's going to happen
2: to him in about five years with all these day in LAFC history? He's going to be doing the whole show of just day... <laughs> It's going in to be LAFC the long, history.
1: We've said that it's going to eventually be the longest segment on the show. <laughs> Look, here's, Absolutely. here's the game thing. recap: 10 minutes of this day in LAFC history, 50.
0: As long as LAFC keeps making the positive kind of history, man, it's a lot of fun. And and, and it's not like I, I like reporting on losses. This is frustrating, right? This is something where I have to add into this day in LAFC history that on this date, October 14th, 2020, LAFC traveled for some reason to Portland to play Vancouver because. There's craziness in the world in COVID-19 So Vancouver is literally Stuck at a hotel in Portland I, I kind of hope Philly Secretly That it's that hotel That we stayed at Like right down the street From the uh, Providence Park there Because that's I mean it wasn't the nicest hotel But it was cheap And it was close So I was all for oh, it it was so great walking I mean dude You remember the yeah, podcast if you could stumble back To your
2: hotel That's oh a God. good place to stay We
0: actually When they made us sit out In the, like, the sun When we were all waiting Like yeah. corralled cows oh, There geez. in the middle It was like two and a half hours We were like Guys, hold our spots. We're going to go back. And we, we went and had a couple of adult beverages, and it was fantastic. Yeah,
1: I might have taken a nap, showered. It but was look, great.
0: It, going back to what you were talking about, I, I have a hard time being happy about the silver lining. Really easy to find the silver lining, right? We talked Very about Very it. much. Absolutely. So. We really, it's we just me it. talking here. I... And, and look- Elmo finding his way, not just back into the starting lineup, but playing well, right? That's a huge
1: thing. He deserves to start in that back line.
0: I I still say this to all of you out there that are super frustrated. First of all, so am I. This game felt much like the episode title, two steps forward, one step back, right? But just think about this, and I truly believe that this will happen before the end of the season. We are going to get Carlos Vela back. We are going to get Diego Rossi and Brian Rodriguez back. From international duty we are going to get jose c fuentes and Chiki palacios back from international duty we are hopefully going to get mark anthony k back from that grade two ankle sprain sometime soon don't care about Aninahar. we are going to get tristan blackman yes. back from injury and this team you're adding like five all-stars to the mix at that point for your most important run of the season. And as we're going to get into right now with a little bit of scheduling with the scarf, talking about our last five, we are down to just five regular season matches. And, and and look, these are not easy regular season matches. Three of them to me are matches where we have to find a way to get a victory in what will be a difficult situation. Starting with, the very same place, but a very different opponent, staying in Providence Park on Sunday the 18th, 7 p.m., to take on Portland, a very game, very strong, very well-played and well-coached Portland team right now, a team that is playing with as much confidence as anybody right now, the Portland Timbers, and then we actually, Philly, Dexter. Yes, sir? We get a week off. My we, time we a much get, needed week off. We get a, unless 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 for MLS, you guys, literally, I, I mean, yeah, we, we are going pretty much one after the other. Unless for some reason, MLS, I was going to say unless the MLS pulls an MLS and decides to reschedule Colorado, although they've canceled games even further out than this match. So yeah,
1: and I think we're going to be safe with a I, week off. I,
0: I, here's the crazy part, Philly. Coming into this match. Now, it's no longer the case because we'll talk about the standings right after this, and then I think we're pretty much done with episode 124.
1: Yeah, we're trying to make it under an hour. We're 58. Never mind. We're not going to Yeah, it's not going to happen. All right.
0: So, we'll get into the standings in just a minute, but coming into this match, Philly, Colorado was a playoff team. They were in playoff position. They've played four matches in the last, like, six weeks. It's crazy what's going on there with COVID-19. So, So anyway. It's
1: unfortunate, man. Like, I feel so bad for Beta. So
0: bad. He finally gets some burn. He finally gets a contract. He's just... Had so,
1: this is just, you think we've had a bad year? Stephen Betashore has had a bad year. I, I'll, <sighs> Professionally, he has had a bad year. Absolutely.
0: I, but he's back in the league. He's getting paid.
1: That's true. I'll take it. But he hasn't gotten to play.
0: No, and last what week— What kind
1: of luck is that? He's about to sign a contract. Team in China? No. He had the situation where he was going to sign with a team in, in, in Iran, then they had the situation there. Nah. And now he finally gets a contract after working his tail off in the offseason. Goes to Colorado, the one team during the regular season that gets COVID shut down.
0: And it looks like Jesus David Maria has taken his number.
1: I know. That's uh, that's <laughs> definitely that definitely hit me in the soul. Yeah. Because no, number three belongs to beta shore in my eyes. But But you know what?
0: Here's the way I look at it. Remember how we changed fonts going into this year, right? The number three with the old school MLS font that was there on the back of our jerseys the first two years. That belongs to Beto no matter what. Mario can have the new font that I don't really like. And
2: you got to pass the torch, man.
0: Sure, of course. Look, players
1: players come and go. The supporters, us. The podcast, us.
0: You're absolutely right, Philly. And back to scheduling with the scarf. The week off that we have is to prepare for a match at Bank of California Stadium that would most likely be the match of the week. It's scheduled to be on ABC 1230, Philly. twelve in the afternoon. Thank God. On a Sunday when I have to teach on Monday, and I see that we have a Sunday twelve thirty game instead of a Sunday seven thirty game. What that, a relief! My heart grows like four sizes bigger in my That's chest.
2: Old firm scheduling. Like you don't want too many fans drinking before that match.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially because it's the match of the season. We've only played them, I think, four times already. So why not? Let's make it. Let's make it fif fifth. The fifth time that we will play. Carson this season, but it all ends at Bank of California Stadium. We get them next Sunday, October 25th, and then here we go. Three days later, a match that'll be, hopefully, both halves played on YouTube TV and Australia TV against Houston, the human highlighters of Houston, (laughs) at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday, October 28th, and then four days later, why not? Let's play again. We get to see Wando in what might be the second-to-last match of his career we get San Jose Earthquakes up in San Jose, Sunday, November 1st, and the final match of the season, Portland again, except this time it's at the bank. We get to play on grass. It's the greenest flippant state in the union, and they can't get grass to grow on Providence Park's pitch?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the general manager must have been on grass because they couldn't get grass.
0: It's, it's ridiculous stupid. to me. We're playing on carpet. are they into
2: recycling and yeah. uh, compost or stuff? You, you can't figure out how to keep grass green?
0: Awful. Oh, it's the greenest state in it's the
2: union. It's the ugliest carpet I've ever seen. It's
0: terrible. And slippery as per today's result. Yeah, yeah,
2: watching guys fall over is not fun.
0: So again, five matches remain. And just to give you a quick update where we are in the table, I mentioned that Vancouver moved up into the eighth and final playoff spot on 21 points. LAFC did not move at all in the standings. We stayed at fourth. It really does seem like nobody wants to get into the playoffs or host a home match. There is, however, a little bit of a gap gap developing between third and fourth. And Philly, this season started with such optimism. We started the hashtag defend the shield. It just looks like at this point, I mean, we'd have to win out just to be able to stack points on top of each other. The most that we can currently accrue is 39 points. And I'm not entirely optimistic about that right now, but we'll see. Either way, we stay on 24 points, but we now have company at 24 points, by the way, with FC Dallas, like we're battling FC Dallas for position. That's we did the...
1: battle them in season one.
0: Yeah, okay. And then season two, when they were at the bottom of the cellar, and now here we are battling with them for points. Well, look, we
1: ended up losing to another team that was a cellar dweller. No, you're
0: absolutely right. But here, here's the important thing. Right now, if the season were to end today, which it doesn't, you just heard me talk about our final five matches, we would be able to host a home playoff match at the bank. Of course, right now, Sons fans. But either way, a home match at the bank, I'll take Any day of the week And twice on Sunday So we'll see what happens Right now Philly's sitting In fourth place On 24 points Episode 124 We clearly Did not do a fantastic job At keeping this under an hour But you know what We had our buddy Dexter here So it was all the more fun for it
2: And I just popped in And say absolutely Every once in a while Yeah no. I just wanted to agree With everything you were saying (laughs) Very agreeable person These days You
0: are a a very agreeable person If you by the way I with that hard Hitting analysis as well As we we learned During that first half Hey, it was Dexter that said you can't make a bad call if you don't make any call, and that was, I guess, the, the most. Court of the Pod. Yeah, that was the most spot on analysis of this referee. I, I'm not upset at the ref, by the way. Look, VAR came; they called the one PK. I have a feeling because I didn't get a chance to see it. They never did the replay, but there was that second handball. Oh, yeah. they yeah. were arguing about. Had there been a handball, then maybe they would have gone back to VAR for that because maybe this crew knows to to blow their whistle a little bit quicker because she should rely on VAR a little bit. She I don't did lose know. a little bit of control, but she was stern. Eh, okay, sure. So. Uh, <laughs> she that, wanted to
2: see 114 pound kids slide across the grass. That was fun. I'm to sorry, watch. grass. Uh, across the carpet. The
0: carpet, yeah. yeah
1: you, 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 the plastic well, carpet. Well played. It's not that beautiful Bermuda grass that we it, have in It at, is not. It doesn't stadium. have its own nope. website
0: whatsoever. Episode 124 two steps forward, one step back. It will be just a couple of days from now, four days, Philly, before we are going to have 125. We're already. A quarter of the way to the next century of episodes after this next one. Unbelievable. And Philly, in just three nights, you get to do one more sleep. I do. Looking forward to it, as always. The, the Dodgers <laughs> did score 15 runs today, and we won a playoff game. So yeah, there's your silver line. So there's
1: there it is. Unless you're an Angels fan.
2: We got to watch a bunch of young players play that we wanted to see, and we're happy with their performance. And we got Run to see that. you, Dexter. And for those and of I got you I got to hang out with you know? finally. This is my first time outside.
0: Yeah, and Dexter, how can the millions and millions, that's way too many times on this episode today, follow Dexter? On uh, media. just
2: find me on Instagram with uh, Dexter.Quinn underscore art and you can see all the covers that I've been doing for Defenders including the one for this episode which is a particularly special one that I really love it came <laughs> uh, it was a lot of synergy uh, between us and then JR <laughs> opened the door by sending me a picture of the girls from The Shining <laughs> and I am very very happy with this one yeah so. this one's
0: my fault for sure I'm just oh, glad you and this. I look ugly and oh, hideous in uh, dresses Yes, but we're also on this cover looking ugly and hideous too. Uh, Absolute masterpiece. I will say. Your forehead
2: has never looked better. What are you talking about? It
0: has been an absolute (laughs) pleasure having Dexter run the art on this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. And, and by the way, Dexter, they're bringing your show back on Showtime today. That was the big announcement. Right? Yes, so I saw that. They're uh, bringing it, Dexter back.
2: If only they'd bring back Julie Benz because she was the only reason to watch that show. There you she go. Was, I, she
0: was the best. Do we know that they're not? I mean, she might. Well, no? she, mm-hmm.
2: she's living impaired as as far oh, as the story died goes. Oh, she on the show.
0: Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert, guys. That's if you what, yeah, didn't watch, seriously, haven't watched it. So if way you didn't go, watch yeah, the first, bunch you've only sorry. had over a decade. Sorry, but, uh, Julie, I you didn't know. I know you listen to the podcast. We know you're big fans. We really appreciate you listening. She was heart and soul. I didn't know. I didn't know. All right. Neither am I. Well, you know what? But you know what, Philly? We might not have had a chance to do this with Julie Benz, but we can do on this episode what we should have done there when her character passed away. Bye-bye.